Bobcat fans. Support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuwana's. Coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Thanks so much for joining us here on your Wednesday. Missing the first hour of the show around the Big Sky Women's Hoops, the Crystal Red Path, presented by Ryan and Miller, your Montana attorneys. We went around the Big Sky, and we also heard from John Newley, Idaho head coach, gave you some scenarios for the end of the regular season and into the postseason, and had a whole bunch of fun. It's on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by the M Store, the MSU Bookstore, and Back again, our original podcast sponsor, Blackfoot Communications. Appreciate all of those fine podcasting uh, sponsors here. You can find Nuanas Now podcast on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. And uh, thanks so much for always consuming the show, no matter how you consume it. More Big Sky Conference DocFest coverage coming up in a minute. Uh, Malia Kipp, a legendary Lady Grizz, proud member of the Blackfeet Nation. She is the subject of Native Ball, which is a... Uh, Documentary all about her time growing up in Browning, Montana, and then playing for the Lady Grizz and uh, really blazing a trail on a variety of different levels, particularly for her tribe and just young Native girls from around the state of Montana. And uh, this is going to be a great film. It is uh, created and produced by Megan Harrington, also a former Lady Grizz, and uh, Emmy Award-winning director and uh, creator for her role and uh, creation of The House That Rob Built, the phenomenal documentary about Robin Selvig, and the rise of the Lady Grizz. So, uh, Big Sky Documentary Film Festival going on all week, all the way through Sunday. It's the 20th anniversary of the Big Sky Doc Fest. To find out more about all of the hundreds of films they got rolling, you can visit BigSkyFilmFest.org. These gals are just debriefing for a second, uh, but they'll come in here in just uh, a minute. But, Andrew, I just wanted to get your thoughts on what we watched last night. We went to a documentary just titled Nuts. That was it. It was about John R. Brinkley, uh, this doctor in the late teens and early 1920s, early part of the 20th century. And uh, this guy, this documentary was about a, a quack doctor giving uh, sexual gland transplantations from goats. as also about the craziest, most powerful radio station ever known to man. And it was also about the advent of government regulations when it comes to medicine in America. I I was blown away with how fascinated I was by this. It was funny. It was crazy. It was wacky. And more than anything, I think it was important and interesting. What did you think of the film last night? It was really interesting and really thought-provoking, Coulter. Uh, Just an incredible, I think, technical documentary as well, because this was like 80% animation. uh, For sure. Because there was not a ton of historical archive footage of this guy. But the interesting thing is that when you're you're thinking about a documentary, you assume it to be the truth presented in a neutral fashion, right? And and this one really had a bent, really had an agenda for a lot of the film, right? As as far as how she was portraying this guy. 
around. Well, yeah, it was a fascinating documentary for sure. And uh, that's why this is such a great week every single year in Missoula, because you get to learn so many different things, which is so cool. And I can't wait for this upcoming one. I'm going to see a doc every night. I always do. We love our partnership with the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival. And uh, always thanks to our good partner, Nick Davis, for hooking us up and giving us passes. And I'm always going to be watching. But this upcoming film uh, is certainly one of the uh, ones I'm looking forward to the most. It's called Native Ball, Legacy of a Trailblazer. Andrew, we, uh, is it possible for us to just play that uh, that trailer here for us? Yeah, he'll, he'll get it loaded up. We're going to play just the audio of the trailer here. In just a minute, but a um, couple fine ladies in studio. Megan, very nice to see you. Thanks so much for being Megan Harrington in studio. And Malia Kip, thank you so much for being here. Very nice to meet you. Thanks for coming by. I don't even know your name. <laughs> Coulter Nuanas. Look at okay, this. Nice on radio nice introduction. To, nice to meet you. We, we love it. Well, uh, it's, so, it's so good to have you here. And uh, I appreciate it. I've told Megan this before, but it's, uh, it's so interesting for me as, uh, as somebody that grew up in Missoula. When I was a little kid... Lady Girls basketball was the thing, right? I didn't know until I was an adult that women's basketball wasn't bigger than men's basketball because we used to go to Lady Grizz games and there was 5,000 people there every night and it was awesome. So I grew up and I remember when we first moved to Montana, I think that was right when you were winding down your career there for the Lady oh, really? Grizz. So this is very cool for me uh, to get to know all of you. Like if you would have told me when I was 15 years old that I have a radio show with Chris the Red Path, I'd be like, this is just the greatest. I just love this so much. So it's so nice to meet you. Thanks for being here. This is like my life goal is to make a documentary about Native American basketball in the state of Montana. Like one of my reasons I became a sports writer is the, the great story Shadows of a Nation by Gary Smith in Sports Illustrated in 1991 and he talked all about Jonathan Takes Enemy and the, and the great native men's players that have come out of this state and it's always just struck me more than any other thing in Montana and I just think this is so awesome so Malia just talk about that element of things I mean Native American uh, culture it's especially in Montana so surrounded around basketball it's such a huge part of life on the reservation why do you think that is though and when did you first kind of gravitate towards it? When did you first realize this was such a great outlet for you? Um, I, I, growing up on the res, everybody, like, it's, like, what we always do. Everybody had a ball. Right. And, and my dad um, was someone that, you know, he had opportunities to go, you know, went to call, you know, in the documentary, we'll talk about that and my dad will touch on that as well but it's just um i want to say like if you really want to go back in time it had to go back to when um you know uh the yeah fort shaw the fort shaw ladies when they were national champions and it was just something that you know as natives that we've yeah, everybody plays their game a little bit different. Totally. Whether, whatever it is that you play and whatever you do in life, it's a little bit different. And um, but native ball, it's it's in your face defense, you know, and it's run and gun, and it's fun. It's fun to watch. It's fun to play. And um, yeah, so I guess gravitating towards that, it was it was just um, something that I was that has always been part of my life. You know, and it wasn't anything that it gravitated. I mean, I don't want to say gravitated to, I mean, but essentially it was something that was always part of my life. It, it was natural. It was what I was going to do or what I enjoy doing. And I have always, and I'm blessed that I got to continue to do that after high school. ESPN Roundtable, 
couple gals as part of the Big Side Documentary Film Festival. Join us in studio, Megan Harrington, the filmmaker, Malia Kitt, former Lady Grizz legend. The film is Native Ball, Legacy of a Trailblazer. Do, do you still do you get a chance to follow high school hoops or hoops from up on the res at all still I, these I, days? I, I do as best as I can. Browning is really good in both men's and both boys and girls basketball this year, they, which is really they, cool. I know, and I there I want to say divisionals are in Ronan, and that's mm-hmm. where I am. And so oh, very that, cool. Yes, so I, definitely the last time that they were there in town, I was there, and it's always nice because you know there's poor boy Croft who was my first basketball coach, and he's coaching those ladies still. I love it. And um, he, and it's just, yeah, just the circle of life and um, connecting dots and things that you've mentioned and Megan and just everybody. You know, Krista, like we all have like these connections that are so like unique but special and it's for a reason. It's you know. very cool. Hart Butte, also a team from up on the yes. Blackie Reservation that's having an outstanding year as well. I think their boys remain undefeated. So when it gets to be tournament time, uh, that's going to be pretty darn cool. Uh, Megan, you playing for the Lady Grizz, you saw directly firsthand while you were playing how impactful these stories were and the opportunities that a lot of these gals from the reservation was given. How did your perspective on that change when you made the film or did it at all? I mean, what sort of things did you sort of re- remember from the past and now use in the making of this film? Well, I wish I could tell you that I understood what, what they were going through. Sure. And I understood what the burdens they were carrying. I didn't. And so in making this, I gained a really deeper appreciation for what Malia was able to accomplish. That She was playing for the University of Montana, but she's playing for her family, for right. her tribe, for her community. I mean, it was just so much deeper and I had no clue. None at all. And then the other girls that came through. So for me, it's been a gift. It's been so inspiring. Um, and I hope that when people see it, it's, it's, it's an evergreen story. You know, it's a story about courage and perseverance. And these things are still happening when kids from the reservation go to school and they're still facing. We've heard people say, you know, I still, I still struggle with that or yeah. you know, I still. So for me, I just hope it like it did for me. I hope it opens eyes to what they are able to accomplish and, and how they are able to do it. I had a great conversation with Raekwon Battle a couple weeks ago, and he's an outstanding Native American basketball player at Montana State right now, but he's from the Tulalip Reservation in western Washington. He's the first person to ever come off of his reservation to play Division One basketball, and, and now he's one of the best players in the Big Sky Conference, and it's amazing to hear. When it comes to that, though, you are mm-hmm. playing for so much more than yourself when you're in this situation. How did you deal with that? Because it comes with a lot of glory, but also a ton of pressure. Yeah, um, I know. I'm, I, um, <laughs> doing this really like a lot of things I suppressed. Things I just, but my goal is to do. Uh, ultimately, it was to do what I wanted, like what I loved, and I didn't care what people said or how people. I mean, I, I, I don't want to say I didn't care. Like it did have a toll on me but ultimately I just I just did what I wanted to do and what made me happy and that's what everybody needs to do like I don't whatever you want to do in life if it makes you happy freaking do it it's great advice and such good perspective the film 
At Native Ball, Legacy of a Trailblazer, Big Sky Documentary Film Festival. This film screens tomorrow, uh, on Thursday, that is. To- today's Wednesday, right? I'm not, I don't even know what date it is. Tomorrow, Thursday, uh, February 23rd it's, at 4 p.m. It's Monday. No. <laughs> right? uh, it's somebody's Monday. <laughs> it's somebody's Monday, that's right. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, tomorrow afternoon, excuse me, at the Zach, the Zootown Arts Community Center. And then it screens again on Saturday uh, at the Wilma at 3 p.m. So uh, if you have the opportunity, please go check this film out. You can find out everything uh, about all these f- great films at BigSkyFilmFest.org. Uh, Megan, what was the most challenging part uh, of making this documentary? Oh, well, <laughs> there's a lot. <laughs> no, it was not your sister. Uh, it, everything is challenging about it, but for personal stories and a story about someone, a real person, right. it's the it's the weight of making sure it's done well, that the, the time and the love and the support, or, uh, the whole team came together. That's what's most important. This is someone's real life. This isn't just, hey, let's make a film and tell a story. It's like, we want to come alongside and be part of that story. And so the weight of that was like, I remember watching with Mila and I'm like, oh, I wonder what she's thinking. Because we wanted to screen it for her before. Right. But, um, so the weight, that that was probably the biggest thing is making sure it was done well and that she would appreciate it. Without any spoiler alerts, what did you think when you saw the film? Is it weird watching yourself on, on a movie? Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I was like, <laughs> could you have something to make me look pretty? <laughs> make sure my hair look good. No, but what? It, just to um, speak on and to really pronounce what Megan was talking about is anybody could have filmed. Like, I, I, I still feel like Everybody has a story to tell. Right. Everybody has a story, a struggle. And um, I am, after watching it, like, I, I felt like it was an honor. Like, how Megan was culturally sensitive. She took everything into perspective. The way she told it, like, anybody could have told it. But how she did actually is going to, it makes people think and and um, that's where I I feel blessed and I feel like really honored and I'm just like so proud. I'm like, oh, I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of this one. I love it. to me. As you should be. ESPN Roundtable here on Nuanas Now uh, on ESPN Radio and SWX Montana Television presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls, located on the south side of town. They have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Great place to hang out. Mm-hmm. Uh, go check them out. 3621 <laughs> Brooks Street. See, you got a direct endorsement from a former lady, Grizz. <laughs> Uh, Malia, you're wearing Malia Kip and uh, Megan Harrington in studio. By the way, the the, uh, the film is Native Ball, the uh, legacy of a trailblazer, and uh, two screenings coming up here in Missoula as part of the Big Sky Doc Fest. One tomorrow, 4 p.m. at the Zootown Arts and Community Center, and then another at 3 p.m. Uh, on Saturday. You're wearing your N7 shirt. Uh, really cool gear. You gotta love it. I thought the N7. I thought the uh, N7 weekend uh, both times for both the gals and the and the guys was really well done. The turquoise jerseys are sick. I think that they should maybe put them in the rotation permanently. But that was also so cool to see the reunion for you and, and several of the other former uh, Lady Grizz that, that come from Native American backgrounds. And you guys gave Coach Selvig the, the blanket. So I mean, just tell us. I mean, that must have been a crazy full circle moment for you to to get to be honored and also honor Coach Selvig. Oh yeah, no, I it was it was wonderful, and I finally had an opportunity when they um, did the naming of um, the official naming of the court after Rob to have to be able to com- to address the Lady Grizz, and I and I told them I said you guys represented really well wearing those jerseys, what you guys did, the work on the floor, and you're just you played. How 
Rob would have wanted you to play. And I and they were just like, what? That's so nice of you to say. And, and, and But I just wanted to let them know that I was really, like, we didn't get to see much of them, but no. The fact that they, no, they represented, they carried, they they did well in wearing those N7 jerseys and representing us like, like that and playing hard and winning at home and then the fans and everybody and just everything. It was, oh, <laughs> I wish I could do it over again. <laughs> <laughs> I remember more. <laughs> like, you know, because it just was, went by so fast. But no, just, ah, it was super cool. Like, yes. We talked about just the, the element of, of playing for something bigger than yourself, but that was also, I mean, that's why this is a, subtitled as a trailblazer, because you really did set the, the pace and sort of break through for a lot of these gals that came after you, and it was cool seeing them and how much they admired you and, and all of that. Have you reconciled yourself with, like, being sort of a trailblazer? I mean, that must I mean, it's such an honor for you, right? But also, I mean, the, the history speaks for itself. What was really, okay. So what I, what, what really capped, what really got to my heart and made me realize that was um, when I when I went to the official naming of Rob of the court for Rob and walking in and seeing my my teammates that I haven't seen in years but those, those were the people that actually made the difference like they were the makers of the breakers yeah and seeing those people and having the opportunity to introduce them to the people that I love and are important to me and my family. And um, getting to share, like, for example, Carla Beatty. Mm. Um, I'm going to share the story right quick. Um, so my freshman year, Rob said, everybody um, grab your shooting partners. And everybody was just grabbing shooting partners. And I was like, okay, great. I'm going to be picked last. But Carla Beatty, she made sure I was not picked last. And we were shooting partners. Um, Till the end of our careers, and we were seniors together, and we won, you know, our big state conference too, and um, just the just those random acts of kindness, like what she did, and I finally got to give her a hug and tell her thank you, like how important that was to me, um, that the difference that that made in what I could accomplish and continue to go forward when I felt like I couldn't was people like her, and she wasn't the only one. You know, she, but but she was the first. <laughs> she was number one, and then yeah. you know, oh. those uh, things that people do that they don't even know that could make or break somebody. And this is we talk about. This is such mm. a common theme on this show because we t- <laughs> we talk so much about how for all the stuff that's going on in the world and and all the different things that we have to argue about, all the conflicts we have, and, and all of this unrest. Sports is the greatest example of how. People from different backgrounds and different cultures can come together and and meld. And this is what I always tell people. You, you can't hate people you'd know. If you get to know people, it's almost impossible to hate them. If you know them, you will not hate them. And that's what sports is so great for is it brings people from so many different backgrounds and brings them together. So just tell us about that part of this, Megan. I mean, just, just the fact that, I mean, mm-hmm. it's titled The Legacy of a Trailblazer for a reason. I mean, she really did set the pace. And that is such a huge part of, of Robin Selvig's legacy and the legacy of the Lady Grizz as well. Oh, it is, and being in, in Browning and sitting around the table with Cimarron Schultz, Tamara Gardapee, Sinead Gilham, and having them have that conversation where they were talking about maybe things they'd never sat around the table and talked about, because sometimes you don't, you don't do that. But to, to hear them say, if they hadn't seen her do it, I don't know if I could have done it, because no, someone like me hadn't done it before. But now I'm seeing someone like me 
go to school, get an education, play basketball. Now I know it's possible. I mean, the magnitude of that. You know, you're not just seeing a female basketball player. You're seeing a Native American female basketball player that's doing great things, that's opening doors. That's a trailblazer. That had not happened. And when and because it did and because she finished, others had the opportunity to try, to dream, and to open those doors for others. So it's, it's a generational, too. Like these, It continues to happen, and it's beautiful to see, and it's because she did it. It's, it's so awesome, and I think that for all of the banners that hang in Dahlberg Arena and all the wins and all the things that Coach Selvig got honored for a couple weekends ago, that's the key to the legacy, though. I mean, we've talked extensively about we got to get Robin Selvig in the Hall of Fame. He deserves yes. to be in the College Basketball Hall of Fame, period. But it's more than 865 wins. It's the doors he opened because it's not the Native American angle is so awesome, but also the angle of girls that come from the middle of nowhere, 200 person towns that would never go to college in their lives, but they, you know, happen to get scouted by this guy from Outlook, Montana. He just opened so many doors for so many people. He did, and he and he came to where they were, the flyover places, like you said, Browning. He came to Browning That's and watched right. Malia. No one, you would say, no one had to come to see her play. You go to Malta, you go to all these small towns. They weren't coming to see those kids, but he did, and he recognized it. And like you said, people who recognize and show kindness and don't care about anything other than can you play basketball changes people's lives. Malia Kip, Megan Harrington, in studio, the film Native Ball, Legacy of a Trailblazer, Big Sky Documentary Film Festival, the 20th anniversary of the Big Sky Doc Fest. You can visit BigSkyFilmFest.org to check out this and all the other movies. Uh, I have two more questions for you, ladies. But first, I want to play this trailer because we're just going to listen to the audio version of it, but I think it translates just fine on the radio, and you can hear it over your TV stream as well. This is just 30 seconds of the trailer uh, from this movie, which, by the way, screens tomorrow 4 p.m. at the Zootown Arts and Community Center and at 3 p.m. on Saturday at the Wilma. Here's the trailer from Native Ball. Basketball? I think it was in my jeans. Kip made history in 1992 by becoming the first female Montana tribal member to play NCAA Division I basketball. You had to figure out how to live in two worlds. And I can't say I would have played if I wouldn't have seen her playing. She paid her best for herself, for her university, and for her tribe. That's what makes her a warrior. I mean, that quote there at the end, I got goosebumps. It's amazing. What an awesome perspective, and uh, this is going to be a great film. Last thing for each of you, then. Uh, start with you, Malia. What do you hope people take from this when, when they see it? Um, just, I hope that just um, inspiration that, you know, just do, do, what you, do what you do, you know? There's all, as long as you have one person in your corner... That's all you need. And just do what you need to do to be happy. And tell everybody, and tell anybody, someone can walk in your shoes every single day. Do they have, could they say anything or judge you? Be happy. I love that. Megan, what do you hope people uh, glean from this film? Well, when you make a film, you want people to be entertained, inspired, um, educated. Uh, But I hope people realize uh, through her grit and her perseverance that you are going to get knocked down that life is going to present you struggles that there will be obstacles but when they come get back up like face them and she's a great example of of that and 
these true stories are such so important to tell because they're not fictional. Like, hey, what did this person do? It's sure. this is a true story and it's hers. And I hope people leave thinking that there's a dream that they want to pursue. Can't wait for this uh, screening tomorrow at 4 p.m. at the Zootown Arts and Community Center and at 3 p.m. on Saturday at the Wilma Native Ball. Legacy of a Trailblazer about Malia Kip, legendary Lady Grizz, Megan Harrington, filmmaker Malia Kip, the star of the show, in mm-hmm. studio with us here on ESPN Radio. This was phenomenal, ladies. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, Coulter. Thank you for always supporting, too, what we're doing. Of course, always. ESPN Roundtable, proudly presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls, 30 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. No better place you should be hanging out with your family and friends. Go check out Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street, Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Big Sky Conference Indoor Track and Field Championships this weekend. The new head coach of the University of Montana track team joins us next. Keep it right here. You want us now, ESPN Radio. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. What an interview. If you missed that, you got to go listen to it. So thankful and and uh, so humbled to be able to be a part of the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival. And also so thankful for my relationship that we formed with these former Lady Grizz. And uh, from Krista Redpath, who's one of our partners here now at ESPN Radio and uh, presents Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops every week, to Megan Harrington, uh, awesome filmmaker and become a great friend. And then also Malia Kip, who just joined us, Lady Grizz legend. What a cool film. The, the, the documentary is titled Native Ball, The Legacy of a Trailblazer, all about one of the first Native American women ever to come off the reservation and play Division One basketball. Uh, it's, it's a worthwhile thing to learn about, I promise you. If you want to check out the film, screens tomorrow, 4 p.m. at the Zootown Arts and Community Center, and then screens again at 3 p.m. on Saturday at the Wilma. If you missed that interview, please go listen to it on the uh, Nuanas Now podcast. And thanks so much to Malia Kipp and Megan Harrington for spending so much time uh, with us here to promote the film. We go down to the Ringer Spurs RV phone lines. Crazy. The indoor track season just goes so quick. And uh, we were doing our previews right out of the new year, and all of a sudden here we are, and it's the Big Sky Conference Indoor Championships in Moscow, Idaho this weekend. And uh, we are now joined on the Ringer Spurs RV phone line by Doug Fraley. He's the head coach of the Grizz track team. Coach, thanks so much for taking a minute. How you doing? Colter, I'm doing great. How's everything with you today? Oh, very, very good. Uh, let's just start at the beginning here. The last time we had you on the show, uh, you had just been hired. So just take us through it. I mean, w- what's the last several months since you and I were hanging out out there at Canyon River and it was 90 degrees? Here we are now in the middle of winter. What's the last six, seven, eight months been like for you since taking over as the head coach at Montana? You know, first off, thanks for having me on the show. Grizz Track and Field certainly appreciates uh you know, any airtime we can get. Um, yeah, it seems like yesterday we were out at the at Canyon for the fundraising golf tournament. And uh, I guess, as they say in the around the Adams Center, drinking from a fire hose, that would be about the best way to describe <laughs> what it's been like since, uh, you know, I got here the week school started. And, uh, you know, at that point, we're getting ready to start practice and putting a staff together, getting to know all the athletes. Uh, first semester was an absolute blur, but it was awesome. Uh, we got a great group of kids, and, and they're really fired up about being in Moscow and getting ready for the Big Sky Indoor Championships. 
indoor season is, is such an interesting deal in the big sky, too, because you have just a variety of levels of uh, opportunities or resources just given on where you can practice, where you can run, where you can compete, all that sort of stuff. Uh, so what sort of challenges did you learn about just this, this first indoor season here uh, in the Big Sky Conference? Yeah, there are definitely some challenges, you know, that, that I didn't necessarily know how it was going to go, you know, working between the East Athletic Gym and the West Athletic Gym, which is also a practice facility for volleyball, men's basketball, women's basketball, um, but the great thing about it is that, you know, with the limited space that we have with all of those teams going in and out, everybody's really been great in, in working together. The coaches work together. The, the facility schedulers do a great job of giving us our time. Uh, you know, we also rent uh, the 200-meter track over at the Peak Athletic Club on Blue Mountain that we use a couple of days a week for, for our longer sprinting and interval work and things like that. So, yeah, we've had some challenges, but one of the great things about this staff and the, the group of kids that we coach is nobody is using anything as an excuse. We go in and we work hard and we go to the meets and compete hard. So it's really, it's been great, you know, being a little bit limited on those indoor facilities to see the kids and the staff that I put together respond the way they have. And in true Grids fashion, you know, just put your head down and go to work. That's it, been really a, a pleasant thing for me since I got here. For those that don't know about indoor track, indoor track, uh, the championships, is, is one of my favorite weekends of the year. I'm sad that I can't make it over there to Moscow this this year, but uh, we'll definitely be covering uh, indoor track and field championships whenever we can. It is such a awesome event. You, there's so much action going on all the way around you. Uh, so, Coach, what, what are you anticipating just in terms of your first Big Sky Conference meet? I mean, how, how do you hope your team performs? And also, how do you hope to kind of just soak in the atmosphere as you're uh, now in the championships for the first time as a head coach in the Big Sky? Well, first off, to, to second your opinion on indoor track, we've always called it a three-ring circus because, you know, it's a, the smaller venues and uh, there's a lot going on around the track, in the middle of the track. A lot of places have sprint lanes down the middle. There's jumping pits. There's throwing cages. Everything is going on at one time. It's a great environment. Um, indeed, I'm excited about being at my first Big Sky Indoor Championship. You know, I'm, I'm I'm a track nerd, so I'm very familiar with the Big Sky schools. But until you really get in, you take a team into that championship, you see what the environment's like, you see how your kids respond when the lights are at their brightest. That's what I'm really looking forward to this week. You know, I think we've made a lot of improvements going through the indoor season and the meets that we've had so far. And, you know, my message to the, the young men and young women on this team is let's just keep the trajectory moving upward through this championships and into the outdoor season. And if we do that, we'll be fine. We've got some real strong areas. We've got some areas where we lack depth, but we've got some areas where we're strong and we're looking, looking forward to taking advantage of those areas this weekend. One individual guy I want to highlight uh, and I want to ask you about is Jaden Green. He's had an outstanding indoor season. He's uh, set a school record. Actually, I think he's reset it a couple times uh, in the 60-meter hurdles. So what has been sort of the keys to his improvements, and what have you thought of him uh, just coaching him this year and uh, some of the things he's accomplished? Well, I'll tell you, first off, Jaden is an outstanding young man. He leads our team not only in performance but also in character. He is a, he is a true senior leader on this team. He makes sure that he is holding his teammates accountable in their work ethic, both at practice, away from practice. He's just a great young man. Uh, you know, on the track, he 
biggest key for him uh, this year is he has been healthy. You know, he's had some injury problems in the past that have really held his progress back because he's had to start, stop, start, stop. But this year, uh, Coach Lindsey Hall has done a great job with him, bringing him along, keeping him healthy, and you're seeing the results of that. He's had a super consistent indoor season, you know, running under eight seconds every race and every final place and in the top three every race, every final that he's run in. And that's what you want coming into a championship meet is you want that consistency under your belt where you don't necessarily have to go in and run your best race of your life to make the podium. You know, you want to be able to go in, do what you've done, and have that good enough to be on the podium. That way, if you do do something special, you're moving up the podium. So he, he's been an, he's been an outstanding team member, and he has had a great indoor season. We're looking forward to watching him vie for the big the Big Sky title this weekend. Doug Fairley's joining us. It's our Grizz Star of the Week. We almost always highlight student-athletes from the University of Montana, but we're going down the track route because he is the brand-new head coach. Well, I guess not brand-new at this point, but the new head coach uh, for the University of Montana uh, track and field programs and uh, the Big Sky Conference Indoor Championships from Moscow, Idaho, this upcoming weekend. Uh, coach, when you look across uh, some of your other qualifiers, where else do you think you guys have an opportunity to make a dent and, and score some points as, as a team on both uh, the men's and women's side this weekend? Well, both on the men's and women's side, we're very strong in 400 meters. On the on the men's side, we've got uh, freshman Taylor Johnson, kid out of California, who's ranked fifth in the conference going in. He's had a great indoor season, has surprised us with his ability to really get in with good athletes and compete as a freshman. He's been great. Uh, you know, other guys, we've, we've got some real veterans in that 400-meter group that are just coming off an injury with uh, Paul and Kate Johnstone who have fared very well in this championships in the past, Xavier and Melise. Those three guys are part of the, the school record 4 by 400 relay from 2019. All three of those guys have had some injuries in the last few years, but you know I think they're getting healthy at just the right time. Uh, all of those guys are entered in the 400 meters, and so that's an area I think if, if a couple of those guys hit a good race, we can have more than, than one person in that final if it goes well. Uh, on the women's side, Holly Sudell is ranked fifth in the conference also in the women's 400. She has had a fantastic uh, indoor season. She's been primarily a 400-meter hurdler outdoors, but this year she has been running the 60 meters, 200, 400, and really worked her way up the conference list in the 200 and 400 meters. Uh, along with uh, McKenna Ells, she's ranked ninth in the conference going in. So she, she could have a chance if she breaks through to get into that top eight and make a final, as well as Lily Meskers, who's, I believe, ranked 13th. So both the men's and the women's 400-meter dash are, are going to be real strong areas for us. Doug Fraley here on Nuanas Doubt. Track and field head coach for the University of Montana, the Big Sky Indoor Championships this weekend. Last thing for you then, Coach, uh, when you're analyzing this whole thing, I mean, how, how will you break down or how, what will constitute, I guess, a successful weekend for Montana? I mean, how will you analyze your team's performance? What do you want to see out of them that will then lead you to believe that you had a successful weekend there in Moscow? Well, like I talked about before is, you know, continuing that upward trajectory from, from the first indoor meet to the fourth indoor meet. We've had a team-wide improvement in all areas, throws, jumps, distance, races, sprints, hurdles, multi-events. You know, that's another huge area for us in the women's side is we've got four pentathletes that go tomorrow uh, 
and all four of them are ranked in the top 11. Uh, we've got we've got a really good chance to do some damage there in the pentathlon. That's a huge area for us. Uh, but team-wide, we are looking to continue that tra- trajectory. We're looking for the people that are ranked inside the top eight to, to be able to hold ground and at least do as well as they're ranked, if not improve. And then we've got a whole slew of people that are just on the outside looking in, ranked from ninth to 12, 13, 14. If some of those individuals come out and break through into that top eight, you know, we will we will improve on what the predictions are for our team finishes. But the biggest thing I want to see our group come in and do is I want to see them fight to the end like true Grizz athletes do. That's what you expect. That's what I've learned in a short period of time being the coach at the University of Montana is the Grizz athletes in all sports. They've got a chip on their shoulder. They've got an attitude about them, and they fight until the bitter end. So that's really what I'm looking for. Uh, all the way from the start of the multi-event pentathlon tomorrow to the four-by-four relays on on Saturday, I'm looking for our athletes to beat every athlete that they can with a different jersey on it and fight to the bitter end. And if we do that, I believe we'll have good finishes, you know, for for the teams that we're bringing in this year. Doug Fairley, Grizz Track Coach here on Nuanas Now, Coach. Best of luck. Enjoy the weekend, and uh, we'll catch up with you when it turns into outdoor season. But uh, thanks for joining us here today. Hey, we really appreciate you having us on, and uh, thanks for the airtime, and go Grizz. There you go. Doug Fraley here on Nuanas Now. Appreciate him uh, for calling us. He's already in Moscow, so uh, cool to get the uh, the first-hand preview. We'll give you coverage of the Big Sky Indoor Meet uh, early next week as well. Memo for later on this week. I mentioned it, but I'll mention it again. We are not on the air on Friday, so no Nuanas now Friday. Uh, we'll be back at it uh, on Monday and uh, actually coming to you live from Cheney, Washington on Monday. So very much looking forward to that. Uh, the entry point there, Montana State playing at Eastern Washington. And depending on how things go Thursday and Saturday, the game could be for the conference title or it could be for Eastern becoming the first team to ever run the table in men's basketball. So either way, uh, we could have a little history Monday night. So we'll be coming to you from the Pacific time zone on uh, Monday. But we'll have a full recap of the Big Sky Indoor Track and Field Championships next Monday and Tuesday as well. What's going on tomorrow for the uh, last show of the week? We'll get you all set up and maybe even learn some history. To right here. Oh, by the way, let's do another one. First two, next two. Callers, 406-888-1029. We got 11 wings every 11 minutes, courtesy of the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Wing it Wednesday, 11th anniversary style. You want the best wings in the city of Missoula? Call right now, 888-1029. Next two callers, we got Despo wings for you. Learn about some history on the other side. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Well, Van Morrison for you here on your Wednesday. Last, second to last day of the week for us here at ESPN Radio. Uh, this is Nuanas Now. We're coming to you from the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years and happy to say so. Missed anything today's show. What an awesome show. I feel so happy and alive right now. Chris Redpath, our Big Sky Conference women's basketball analyst, was in studio for around the Big Sky women's hoops for the week. And we also heard from... 
Megan Harrington, a documentary filmmaker, and Malia Kipp, the subject of an awesome documentary that debuts tomorrow, Native Ball, The Legacy of a Trailblazer. Malia Kipp, proud representative of the Blackfeet Nation. I grew up in Browning and uh, the first Native American women's basketball player ever at the University of Montana, certainly a trailblazer. And uh, we had a, a long and informative interview about that film. And then we also heard from Doug Fraley, the head coach of the Grizz track and field team. All of it on the Nuanas Now podcast. Nuanas Now podcast proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications to see how Blackfoot can help you and your business. Visit goblackfoot.com. Also presented by the M Store. The M Store is all Grizz all the time. Located there at downtown Missoula, the corner of Broadway and Higgins. And the Nuanas Now podcast also presented by the Montana State Bookstore. Montana State Bookstore, best place to get all your Bobcat gear uh, when you're on campus. Tomorrow, a whole bunch of fun hoops interviews. We also got a couple more filmmakers coming in as well. Part of our Big Sky Documentary Film Festival coverage, helping the Big Sky Doc Fest celebrate its 20th anniversary. So we'll have some Doc Fest people in. We're also here from Jeff Hayes, the head coach of the Missoula Hellgate Boys. Travis Takir, the head coach of the Montana Grizzlies. Danny Sprinkle, the head coach of the Montana State Bobcats. And counting on it and hoping for it and... Uh, Pretty likely going to get it. Rajim Seabrook back for a second Thursday in a row. He'll join us in the second hour. Uh, he's got, you know, responsibilities. He's coaching. He's a dad. So he's running all over the place. But uh, he will join us um, for the second hour uh, almost certainly. So we're looking forward to that as well. My mom just texted me this, and this is awesome. Um I think that many of us are proud of our family history, but I'm exceptionally proud of my family history. I think both my both of my parents, their families' stories are very, very interesting and uh, certainly uh, uncommon, particularly on my dad's side of the family. And uh, it's just very, I'm very proud of, of the people that came before me, the people that made me. And uh, both of my grandfathers fought in World War II. They're both veterans and uh, incredibly proud of Americans, incredibly proud to serve their countries. I did had a little bit of a unique experience as a kid because my parents were both toward the end, if not at the end, of their line of siblings, and their parents were relatively old when they were born, and then my parents didn't have me until they were 30. So all my grandparents were in their 70s and 80s when I was a little kid, and all of my grandparents had passed away by the time I was a teenager. And uh, three of the four of the grandparents lived to old age, including my grandfather, whose birth that my father's father, uh, Al Nuanez, was uh, born today, 114 years ago. And uh, it's just, it's crazy to think the things uh, that my grandfather saw in his life. He basically lived during... The 20th century. He was born February 22nd, 1909 in Sedona, Arizona. Now, mind you, this is three years before Arizona was even a state. This is like when the Mexican uh, Revolution was going on. Like, Arizona was a warland between 1910 and 1920, and it didn't officially become a part of the United States until 1912. So my grandfather was born in Arizona before Arizona was even a state. And then to live from... The, uh, you know, 19 aughts all the way into the 1990s. I mean, the things that he saw, he went from living on a, a rural ranch in the, in the middle of nowhere, riding a horse everywhere, to then 
people are driving cars and airplanes. This is completely out of the realm of of uh, comprehension for my grandfather at the time. He didn't ride in a car until he was in his 20s because he didn't need to. That's how rural that they were living. And so, you know, just to think that I am only two generations removed from that and to think of all the opportunities that have been provided to me by those people that came before me, uh, it's incredibly humbling. It's, uh, it's amazing to think about, and it's amazing to think about how much the world can change and how much your family's arc and history can change uh, in, in the scope of a couple generations. And so uh, today has been so much about honoring those that came before us. And so a happy birthday, Grandpa. He would have been 114 years old today. We'll be back at it tomorrow uh, here on Nuana's Now Last Show of the Week. We'll see you at 4 p.m. Thanks so much for listening. This is ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. What sort of expertise do you guys have when it comes to uh, any sort of personal injury accidents, things like that? Uh, it's all we practice. Uh, you're not going to get an attorney who's practicing family law or in court defending criminal cases. All we do is personal injury. We're a multi-state firm, but I'm right here in M- Missoula. So we have the backing of a large firm uh, with just years of expertise there, too. Free consultations. You can find out more by calling 406-640-4444 or by visiting online 24-7 MontanaAdvocates.com.